Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Recruiting Every Second. I am your host, Blaine Gilmer, and I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this episode of Recruiting Every Second, the podcast on SEC football recruiting here on the Believe Podcast Network, and just so excited to be bringing you another show on this Friday, and man, do we have an episode lined up for you today. It is all about Florida Gators football for you on this episode of Recruiting Every Second. And on here, we like to analyze recruiting for all the various SEC teams from each and every angle. And today, it's all about Florida, as we mentioned. And we have a guest with us today that is going to be very, very helpful in providing uh, insight and kind of an insider feel there. Um, not only from a person of covering the team, but someone that is uh, involved in being a, a, a fan of the team, has a major perspective of it, and that would be Mr. David Waters of the Gators Breakdown Podcast. Uh, we'll give you all of his information where you can follow David Waters and everything he's doing over there on Gators Breakdown. I'm sure many of you Florida fans that are listening to this already subscribe to him on youtube listen to all his podcast stuff but uh, we're going to very excited to have david with us here for this episode and you know a lot of the stuff that's going on down there in florida they're really betting on dan mullen to be able to do things his way uh betting that he will be able to take a roster that doesn't necessarily have all the the five stars that you know alabama georgia does stuff like that and being able to turn it into a consistent contender for the SEC East and the SEC Championship and eventually a national championship. And uh, that's kind of what they're betting on is Dan Mullen's ability to develop talent. And speaking of betting and testing the odds on things, this show is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action if you're so inclined to do so. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, it's your online sportsbook experts. Again, today's show is presented by BetOnline, and we want to thank them for 
presenting here the Recruiting Every Second podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. And now we are here with the guest that we promised you we would have today. It is David Waters. David is the creator and host of the Florida Gators podcast called Gators Breakdown. You can follow him using, if you're listening to this on the podcast format, you can follow him on Twitter using at Gators Dave underscore SEC. Dave, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, here on Recruiting Every Second, we enjoy covering SEC football recruiting and and talking about all the various aspects of it and wanted to kind of touch with you on how things are going right now with the the Florida Gators and recruiting under Dan Mullen and all that kind of stuff. But before we hop straight into that, you know, what's just the vibe like right now down in Florida Gator country after spring practice? Yeah, we did know, you know, Florida and Kentucky were the only two programs this spring that did not hold a spring game. And then for Florida, everything was word of mouth. There were no open practices. There was very little video that came out of practice. Florida did this mostly disappointing in fans' eyes to our SEC uh, network special instead of a instead of a spring game that kind of was a recruiting pitch, honestly, <laughs> for recruits out there. Uh, showed highlights, very, very few highlights through spring practice. And look, we didn't expect uh, to get uh, a full scrimmage or anything, but I think the, the football nuts wanted a little more uh, out of it. You know, probably the best thing to come out of it was a goal line stand we saw from defensive line Gervin Dexter. But if you were looking for anything football this spring, you were not getting it uh, from the University of Florida. So everything kind of was just a word of mouth from people who may who have been at the scrimmages at, at the practice. And I, I tend to look at it in a way of, like, look, the, the coaches were able to control pretty much everything in that regard. So what got out probably was what they wanted to get out. Now, that doesn't mean everything was good news that, that come out. We heard some, you know, some struggles of uh, Emory Jones struggling with timing and accuracy at points in the spring that the offensive line still wasn't necessarily coming around. Uh, but we did hear the good of the defense, uh, maybe having a chance to rebound after 2020. So had to take everything with a grain of salt because, as I said, we we personally, the media side, didn't get to see anything. Of the, we only got to hear about it from a few select people. And and it's an interesting dynamic to me going from 2020 to 2021 because, one, if you're a, a Florida Gator fan, somebody that supports Florida, you had to be excited that you were the you know SEC East champs last year. However, the circumstances of that being a COVID year, finishing eight and four, you know, beating Georgia, but also, you know, like I said, finishing with the, with the four losses, the LSU debacle, I mean, kind of a – Kind of a give and take, you know, hot and cold type type year, was it not? It was. You you saw at times one of the best teams in the country, and you saw at times uh, of an average SEC team, uh, and that averaged out to be, you know, through the whole season, just turned out to be a pretty good team. You know, and that's all it was uh, for, for for Florida. The early ups, you know, early upset loss at A and M, where you know, Florida had every chance in the world. Uh, they were up by two scores at one point in the second half. Uh, found a way to fumble that game away late and, and get Texas A&M a game-winning field goal. Uh, and yeah, that what kind of looked at – you saw a lot of early season defensive struggles. And, okay, you, you, you went through that Ole Miss game, the first game of the season. You're like, okay, you, you play Lane Kiffin, this new Ole Miss offense. You can kind of uh, 
kind of expected a little bit. You didn't have a lot of time to practice, no spring. But then the defense just never really came around. I really think lost a lot of confidence early in the season, ending with that uh, Texas A&M game, the first loss of the season. But then Florida rallied the troops and looked like one of the best teams in the country after the Georgia game and the Arkansas game. And then just kind of was going through the motions uh, through the Kentucky and Tennessee game. And that led up to the inexcusable upset loss versus LSU where – Florida was still playing for everything at that point yeah. in the season. Uh, with Alabama coming up the very next week, you had everything on the line. To completely not show up in, in that game and get beat by a pretty bad LSU team was really inexcusable. Uh, there's no defense for it. Just not being ready with everything on the line. Uh, and you, 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 But you able to bounce back and play Alabama tougher than anybody else did all season. That's just – it was a microcosm. Those two weeks there, that LSU game, the Alabama game, was just a microcosm of Florida season. It was a roller coaster, whether it be on the field, off the field, with Dan Mullen and and, and some of the things he had to say and some of the things he did uh, with the, the the Missouri scuffle and the Darth Vader outfit after that, and then um, <laughs> you know going to the all, all the way to the bowl game and and yeah, I remember sitting in the in in Atlanta in the press box after the SEC championship game, and Dan Mullen pretty much hinted and almost really just come out and said it that said, look, this was going to be the last time we saw that team together was there in Atlanta. That was the first hint that whoever we saw in Atlanta was not going to be the same team that we saw in that bowl game versus Oklahoma. But think about, you know, fans who spent money to go to that game and then for basically Dan Mullen to admit after that game was like, hey, we didn't really, you know, take this game all that serious. We were letting some young guys get some playing time. We had a whole lot of sit-outs. That's not to excuse you. That was going to be a good game either way. Oklahoma was a good team. That was going to be a good game either way. But for Florida to come out and pretty much admit that, you know, it was, hey, we only practiced three times between the SEC championship game and this bowl game. We let our guys have time off. It's been a tough season. Uh, so it, it was pretty much just an admitted so that bowl game really didn't mean a whole lot. So you ended up with four losses. You ended up with you know, three losses uh, in, in the SEC, one being the extra game uh, in the SEC championship game. But it was it was such a weird season, not only because of COVID, not only because of everything you had to deal with that situation, uh, but just uh, the weirdness of for the Florida Gators themselves. And when I you know, the, the, the moniker of the podcast is there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. It, it really hit home in 2020. Absolutely. Here with at Gator Dave underscore SEC, David Waters from the Gators Breakdown podcast. Um, you know, Dave, I wanted to talk to you about, of course, we've talked about all that 2020 and some of the antics of Dan Mullen. And then even I've heard you talk about before on your show, the personality of Dan Mullen and how that kind of maybe affects recruiting and Florida's uh, ability to bring in you know, five-star prospects. I was looking back through the last cr- class. They've last four or five classes since 2018. They've had two five-stars commit to him out of, out of high school and end up signing. Is that mixed with some of the stuff that Dan Mullen did, you know, off the field or, or his antics like you talked about during the 2020 season and, you know, inexcusable losses at some point? When does that start to build up, and when does that seat start getting a little hot for Dan Mullen when you talk about all this kind of stuff, the recruiting and and everything piling up on it? Yeah, you go back, and I remember Matt Hayes for, I think it would be Saturday Down South, you know, had some articles back there kind of detailing um, 
you know, maybe the administration not so happy with Mullen, and not and so and not so much of the factor of wanting to get rid of Dan Mullen now or anything like that, but you know, just those antics, the 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 show calls he has for recruiting for basically illegal recruiting uh, up in Oregon uh, for for a trip and and contact he wasn't supposed to have, and she said all the off field issues, the NFL talk, and all that stuff too. That kind of bled through after the season. For 2021, Dan Mullen's under no pressure uh, for, for any kind of job security. I think 2021 is a year where it probably could set up a whole lot of expectations for 2022. Uh, it, it goes through season. It goes through recruiting. Uh, but I think that's what 2021 is. Most people expect Florida to take a step back in 2021, um, still compete, still go, go, still go out there and have some good showings versus Alabama and LSU and Georgia upcoming for this 2021 schedule. But in no no way any kind of pressure job security-wise. You know, because he did draw the ire of some fans by bringing back defensive coordinator Todd Grantham, and that may create some pressure in and of itself. Uh, but I don't think you – if know, Florida could go and win two games in 2021, Dan Mullen going to be safe for 2021, but it really ramps up the pressure for 2022, which a lot of fans are really pinpointing to that next year of uh, of you know, maybe being a college football playoff national championship contender with maybe Emory Jones in his second year starting or an Anthony Richardson at quarterback maybe taking over and, 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 and the roster being more of a, a Dan Mullen roster and, and building through the quarterback position. I think uh, a lot of people are maybe pointing to – uh, the 2022 season, but 2021 should not be, you know, a, a throwaway season, especially Dan Mullen's reputation for developing quarterbacks and everything that you can bring to the table uh, from him as a head coach. There's, there's not a, there's not a very low floor for Dan Mullen. So all the, all the question is, where's the ceiling, ceiling at? And we pointed to when he was hired the year 2020 of, of a year to make a push. And in some years it was, even though with four losses, Florida was, you know, dead, that all the goals were there at the end of the, end of the year, like I just mentioned uh, there. So while it was a disappointing finish for 2020, 2021, I still doesn't think I still don't think it brings a whole lot of pressure, but it does set up for some pressure in 2022. And when you talk about you know a Dan Mullen roster, I think the the mo has kind of been okay. Dan Mullen's you know never going to be able to pull Florida up into where they're getting a top five recruiting class. They're usually sitting somewhere between uh, 9th and 14th currently in the 2022 rankings, which there's a lot to go this summer. In the 22 rankings, they're 24th with only six commitments right now. And as I said, since he's been there, only two five-star commitments. Is it more of the opinion of, you know, I guess people down there in Gator Nation that that coaching staff is just more apt to take guys that are uh, high three, high four-star guys that they feel like they can develop that fit better in their in their culture and at what point, you know, you talked about a ceiling, at what point does not being able to get the really high four and the five-star guys hurt that ceiling and, you know, prevent Florida from maybe increasing their ceiling? Yeah, that's a popular topic out here. You know, we've been criticized a lot on Gators Breakdown for how much uh, we put in recruiting, but I'm sorry, you know, the, the results speak for themselves and, you know, it, it's not the ACC, it's not the Big 12, it's not the Pac-12. You have to compete with Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M and Auburn, who all recruit either at the same level as you or recruit better than you. So the, the schedule is a lot harder uh, for, for, for Florida, who, you know, a, a lot of Gator fans like love to point to, hey, look what Dabo and Clemson did. They didn't start off so well, and they won a national title here and there. Well, 
He would first of all, Dabo Sweeney wouldn't have been able to build the program the same way had he been in the SEC. You know, he had trouble beating South Carolina to start with. If he had been in the SEC and you add a couple more SEC losses to their schedule, which they would have had, they probably would have been fired after year two or three. So you you don't get, look. Clemson only had to pass Florida State in their conference when they wanted to build that program in Dabo Sweeney's vision. And it was a lot easier to do than that. Dan Mullen doesn't have that luxury. He doesn't have the luxury of only having to pass one team to get to the top of the conference. you got to pass four or five teams, one in your own division, uh, in LSU who you play every year. You have two teams right there who recruit at the same level or better than you do. So if there's any coach, and I've always stood by, if there's any coach that's going to do it, it probably will be the X's and O's uh, mastermind of Dan Mullen, the quarterback development, but it's still asking a lot. That's asking a lot of a coach to overcome the talent deficit, you know, that we see of a, of a top three Alabama and, and Georgia. And if you just happen to get to the college football playoff of Clemson or Ohio state, you know, Oklahoma who recruits you know, just as well as you as well. So, the path is just a lot harder in this regard. And I think what comes with it is if Dan Mullen was able to recruit at that level, it's probably a no-brainer that he's winning some championships. Now, it's not a for sure thing, uh, but it's, I think that's where the frustration comes in is because you see where he's at with the talent level that he's had the last couple of years, and it's knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. But, you know, it's probably those extra three, four players that are top 100, top 150-style recruits that can help him get over the edge. And, look, I had so many – when Dan Mullen was hired, had so many Mississippi State people on, you know, just to get a, a barometer of where Dan Mullen's at and, you know, what what is Florida getting in Dan Mullen? And pretty much what they said is what we're getting, a mastermind coach, a mastermind X's and O's, great with quarterbacks, is quirky. And how is that going to affect recruiting? And I think it does affect recruiting a little bit. You brought up the point of maybe, you know, chasing three stars and high four stars and all that. Let's not sit there and act like they don't go out there and recruit the five stars. They, they don't get them. They just don't get them. I mean, the, the, the last year was the perfect example. The last last year's recruiting cycle, you had uh, Christian Leary, Ja'Cory Brooks, big-time wide receivers in the state of Florida. Florida's been passing the ball well. Those two guys go to Alabama. We know, no, no fault in that. Alabama has just as much of success through the air and, and putting wide receivers in the NFL as well. But, you know, in top level in-state talent has been a big issue, especially when Miami and Florida State are down and you can't take advantage. Those big-time guys are still going to Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, DeMarcus Bowen. You, you end up getting him through the transfer portal. But that was a guy that should have been shooting from Lakeland High School, five-star running back, ends up going to Clemson. Yes, you end up getting it, but that should have never happened in the first place. He should have been a Gator to begin with on his initial signing day. So it's just those top level, especially in-state recruits that really, really hurt Dan Mullen. And yeah, I, I, the reason I bring it up, a part of it is I get slammed sometimes by Gator fans for harping on it so much. But I think you set the expectation uh, for for when you bring up recruiting and, and what it looks like. And look, we sit here and say more than likely history shows you have to have elite recruiting. You have to have those top three, those top five classes if you want to consistently compete for SEC and national championships, not be a flash in the pan, not win one out of every five, six, seven years. If you want to be on the Alabama, and the Alabama level is probably unfair at, at some point. It, it really is. No, Nobody's doing it. It doesn't matter if it's Florida, it doesn't matter if it's Georgia. Nobody's recruiting at that level and winning at that level as consistently as Alabama is. So that's probably unattainable. But if you want to be anywhere close to that, you have to have elite recruiting. 
in my eyes. That's what history shows. Now, if Dan Mullen goes and does it somehow without it, and this is more, I'm talking more on a consistent basis. Is he good enough to coach to win one every three, four, five, six, seven years or, 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 or being the talk of it? Absolutely he is. But the, the thing that comes with it is you set the expectation wherever you recruit. And the way Florida's recruiting right now, the expectation is to maybe compete every three, four, five years. And if he does better than that, well, then you give him even more credit because history shows you have to have that top-level recruiting. And if it's not there and he does it anyway, then you clap your hands, you pat him on the back and say, hey, you did it your way. You did it a different way, and you give him even more credit for it. And, you know, I want to touch on the class of 2022 real quick here. Um, you know, there can change that narrative a good bit. There's some guys in the state of Florida, of course, all the IMG guys. I know Tyler Booker, he's currently rated a four-star, but I'm telling you, Tyler Booker, I think before all is said and done, is going to end up being a, a five-star offensive tackle. Guys like Keon Saab, Katron Allen, a running back, which Dan Mullen has not recruited running backs out of high school. I mean, they, they haven't even really signed one in the last two or three classes, <laughs> or maybe, maybe one. And then uh, Jihad Campbell, all those guys at IMG, Shamar Stewart out of Monsignor Pace down there in the Opelika uh, area. You know, how big would it be just to get maybe a couple of those guys who are – I know their IMG guys are from all over, but just residing there in the state of Florida to send that message and those expectations. Yeah, IMG just historically has just not been too kind to Florida in the past. It's just they've never really been able to just consistently get kids out of there. They're really able to just get kids out of there at all. Uh, it's just uh, a big bugaboo for Florida. And the hope was maybe the transition from Jim McElwain to, to Dan Mullen would help change that narrative. It hasn't really. So, But you mentioned Booker there. Uh, it's, Florida needs help on the offensive line. You've, we, we've seen it in the last couple of years. Haven't been able to run the ball. Not consistently pass blocking enough on the right side of the offensive line, and especially at the tackle position. Uh, Stone Forsyth did get drafted, but Gene DeLance on the right side, who looks probably to be there on the right side again because Florida just hasn't created enough depth there on the offensive line the last couple of years with some young guys, uh, Michael Tarquin, Josh Braun there to necessarily – Say right now they're going to play right tackle. Maybe it works that. Maybe it works out that way uh, this fall. But you know, get, be able to get uh, an offensive lineman like Booker there uh, would really speak for John Hempsey's recruiting ability, who needs some high-level offensive line uh, talent, especially when it's there right down the road. Uh, and everything sounds good right now in, in that regard of maybe trying to get a big-time offensive lineman like that. But IMG is just not too kind to Florida uh, all too often. You mentioned running back as well. Running back recruiting has been so weird uh, uh, for Florida. I mean, right now you go look at the, the roster that's coming up for 2021, and you can sit there and point at five running backs that Florida is going to be able to use this fall with Damian Pierce and Naquan Wright, Malik Davis, Lorenzo Lingard, Demarcus Bowen, two five-star transfers there. You mentioned the recruiting. Had their problem yeah. getting two five-stars through the transfer portal. But if you're looking at five guys there, what are you going to sell a recruit on? Hey, you got to come sit behind five guys if you're yeah. a true freshman from 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 before. Um, that's not the complete excuse. Don't get me wrong. They, they have had trouble there. Yeah, as I mentioned, Demarcus Bowman uh, a, a couple minutes ago getting a high level running back that just should have been a shoe in from a pipeline like Lakeland just a couple of years ago. So it, they've had their had their issues there, but. Uh, yeah, it's like it kind of goes pairing to IMG and just the, the top level in state recruiting, just in general, it has to get better. And 
hopefully maybe pinpointing their IMG to get that kick started. Absolutely. And then last thing before we uh, let you go here, Dave, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, 2021, you talked about um, Dan Mullen being a guy who's known to be able to develop quarterbacks, develop talent. How big of a litmus test? Obviously we know that uh, some people would argue that he kind of caught lightning in a bottle with Kyle Trask or that he's been able to uh, truly develop him. How big of a litmus test is it going to be with Emory Jones? Because everybody's talked about, hyped up the talent of Emory Jones since the time he signed at Florida, but the, the proof has just not been in the pudding, so to speak. How, how big of a litmus test is it going to be Emory Jones' performance on that narrative of Dan Mullen as a quarterback developer? Yeah, it's going to be big because this is his guy. This was the guy he pinpointed, his very first recruiting class, and never in our wildest imagination did we think it was going to take till 2021 to see Emory Jones start at quarterback, going from Felipe Frames, going to Kyle Trask, and now finally Emory Jones, nobody, nobody in their right mind would have predicted that when he signed for that 2018 class. So I think it's a big litmus test. This is the guy you handpicked. This is the guy that was your first quarterback that you brought in when you were the head coach at the University of Florida. So, look, it – the baseline, the baseline is going to be what a Nick Fitzgerald style of offense at Mississippi State, which was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't what we saw with Kyle Trask. Um, but you know, he 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 was able to step in at Mississippi State in year one and raise that total offense from an offense that had been ranked in the hundreds to the offense that had been ranked in the sixties for Florida. And his first year from Florida, Jim McElwain, Doug Nussmeyer's offense ranked in the hundreds consistently. That offense was a top thirty. Five offense, I believe, in Demo's first year at Florida. So he's going to be able to, to to make something happen. Almost for like Dan Mullen himself, I think for Emory Jones is, I think you have a floor. The floor is going to be pretty good. Just where's that ceiling at? How high can he elevate his play? How high can he elevate the play of the players around him? How much is it going to be through the air? How much of it's going to be on the ground? I think there's still a lot of questions we have uh, there when we look at Emory Jones and what he brings to the table. You're not going to throw the ball 40 times a game like Kyle Trask did. So I'm looking you know, probably for a, a normal average stat line to be 30 pass attempts a game, 12 to 15 design runs a game. You're probably going to have some scrambles in there as well. But that's probably the baseline uh, for an Emory Jones, 30 30 times passing the ball, 12 to 15 times design runs. And with the stable of running backs you have, it's going to be a run-focused offense, but there's going to come time where you have to test the ball down the field. And that's going to be the big question for Emory Jones. Can he do that? And that's just a question that really remains to be seen because we have not seen enough. Fantastic stuff there by David Waters, the creator and host of the Florida Gators podcast, Gators Breakdown. Go check him out on YouTube. Go check him out on where all you get – any of your audio podcasts, you can follow him using at GatorDave underscore SEC on Twitter. This has been a, another episode of Recruiting Every Second, the show on SEC football recruiting on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Recruiting Every Second on the Believe Podcast Network is presented by Bet Online. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.